0: Once more, welcome to everybody in the overflow. Welcome to you guys. We're joining you late today. We love you. Thanks for uh, participating in worship together with us today. Uh, Brian Ahern, uh, Brandon Armstrong, Perry, Oklahoma, we love you guys so much. And uh, always feel blessed to to be a part of what you're doing there. God bless you and your work there at a Hebrews cafe. Open your Bibles, everybody, to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, We've been in the middle of a series entitled To Live As Christ, going Pretty much straight through Philippians. I have preached some of these last portions recently, so I'm doing a little bit of skipping now. And today, this message is the final message in this series. But uh, but I do feel like these last couple of verses are really, really important. Really important. As I told you early on, that the book of Philippians is is more or less a thank you note. Uh, Paul is under house arrest in Rome. House arrest is not as bad as being in the dungeon. It's not that. It's like home incarceration today, only instead of having an ankle monitor, ankle bracelet strapped on, Paul has a Roman soldier chained to him day and night. A Roman soldier chained to him day and night. And that gives him opportunities to have a new person about every four hours that he can share Christ with, and that's what Paul does. However, in Rome under house arrest, uh, he still has to pay for the house. And he still has to pay for his food, although he can't leave the house to work. And so it really is a, a very interesting and desperate kind of situation. He's going to be dependent, in, in, in some ways, upon the help of outsiders. He's going to need a sponsor. He's going to need somebody that can support him. Paul wants to make it very clear who it is that sponsors and supports him. And it's not the Philippians, even though the Philippian congregation is the only church of all the churches that Paul knows and all the churches that Paul has planted. The church at Philippi is the only church that he actually accepts and receives financial help from. And now they are some 800 miles apart, and they have sent one of their deacons, a man named Epaphroditus, with an offering, uh, with some money. It had to be a large sum of money. It had to have been a large sum of money simply because you don't send somebody 800 miles in the ancient world to carry, you know, uh, 50 cents. It's probably a large sum of money, and it is going to help Paul pay his rent and eat food for for some period of time. He writes the book of Philippians to thank them. It's a thank you letter, but it's so much more, and it's so good. And I love what Paul says uh, when he's getting around to saying thank you. Finally, in Philippians chapter 4, he gets around to saying thank you, and he wraps the letter up with this thank you message. But uh, listen to how he says thank you. Listen to what he says about who it is truly that supports and sustains him every single day in every circumstance. This is from Philippians. I'm going to jump to Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, and read through verse 19. I want you to take out a pen, take out a pen, a pencil, tube lipstick, crayon, whatever you have, I want you to underline some things as we go. So so be ready to underline. If the person next to you isn't underlining, underline it in their Bible for them. uh, They need this. Philippians chapter 4 has some key verses. Let's start with verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content. Underline the word content. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. Underline that verse if you haven't already underlined that verse. Memorize that verse. You need this verse for your life. It's the secret of living, Paul says. The secret of living. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Here we go. Underline this. And, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. The same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Let's stop there, that's so good, that's so good. I wanna show you a couple of pictures. Uh, take a look at this one. Um, this is, you might recognize this guy? Evander Holyfield, I'm not a sports guy, so now I'm now speaking a language that I've, I've learned secondhand. hand. Uh, Evander Holyfield, apparently a boxer. Uh, I remember this, and I remember this fight, but I, I want you to notice what's on his trunks, you see that? Uh, emblazoned across his trunks, and in this particular fight, he is stepping into the ring to fight Mike Tyson. Stepping in the ring to fight Mike Tyson, and he has on his trunks, what? Philippians 4.13. Actually, he had a matching trunks and robe. Uh, they match, and, and, and that's, you, you couldn't wear that except in a boxing ring. But matching, matching shorts and, and a robe. And on the back of the robe, same thing, emblazoned in Philippians 4.13, which says... I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, okay, Evander Holyfield. Uh, Next picture, if you don't know Evander Holyfield, you may know this guy. Uh, This is Tim Tebow. Yeah, I like Tim Tebow. He he and I have so much in common. Uh, (laughs) Tim Tebow's cool. But notice, I'm just calling attention to what's in his eye black. What, What does it say there? Can you see Philippians? It's written Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ Who strengthens me. Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting the way uh, we uh, attach ourselves onto this verse. Now, these are public guys. They're, they're, They're famous athletes. And they're not the only ones who do this. And I do fully believe that Tim Tebow and Evander Holyfield are both men of very, very deep faith. So I cannot say exactly what this verse means to them. However, I do think I have a pretty good idea of what this verse means to most people. Francis Chan, one of my favorite preachers, Francis Chan says that Philippians 4.13 has to be the most misquoted verse in all of Scripture. The most misquoted verse in all of Scripture. Now, I say misquoted, I've asked you to quote it twice in this room, and twice a good majority of you can say this verse from memory. Let's do it again. Philippians 4.13, I can Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ who gives me strength. So you're getting the words right. Most of us who can quote it, we we get the words right. And and I promise you, Evander Holyfield can quote the words right. And I know that Tim Tebow can can quote the words right. So how is this the most misquoted verse? Give me the pictures again, please. Let's put it back up. Evander Holyfield stepping into that ring with Philippians 4.13 blazing across his trunks. When most people see that, and if they even know what Philippians 4.13 says, what do they assume? What do they assume that Holyfield is is saying when he claims that verse for himself? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When he steps into the ring with Mike Tyson, with Philippians 4.13, what do people assume that he's saying? God's going to help me win this fight. Yeah, I can win this fight because Jesus is going to give me strength to win this fight. Now, is that what Philippians 4.13 says? No. No, no. Any of you old enough to remember this fight? Okay, what happens in this fight? He gets his ear bit off. Mike Tyson, like an animal. You remember seeing this? It, it was amazing. And I'm not even a sports guy. But Mike Tyson pulls him up in the middle of the fight, bites his ear, pulls off a chunk, and phew, spits it out on the floor. And then by the end of the fight, he bit the other ear, you know, just to balance the look. Okay, Philippians 4.13, most people assume that he's saying, I can win this fight. I can beat Mike Tyson because God's going to help me beat Mike Tyson. But instead, he steps out with his ears bitten off. Now, Tim Tebow, the same thing. When people see Philippians 4.13 in his eye black, they're assuming that Tim Tebow believes that I'm going to win this football game. I'm going to win this game because Jesus is going to make me strong enough to win this game. But is Tim Tebow winning every game? Not even sure he's playing every game these days. It's interesting. What in the world does this verse mean? Because when a lot of us use this verse, we use it sort of as a a catch-all verse, a verse that that makes us feel strong and and powerful, a verse that reminds us that, that, that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And we take that to mean That somehow, if Christ is giving me strength, then I can do anything I want to do. And that's not exactly what the verse says, and it's certainly not what the verse means. When Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, he's not saying I can do everything I want to do. That's not what he's saying. That's not the context at all. And you can't use that verse in this way. I mean, you can paint it in your eye black on the way to work tomorrow if you want to. You can put it across your jacket going into school. But I'm telling you, you can walk into your algebra test tomorrow and you can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. And it will not mean you get an A in algebra. This verse will not necessarily get you an A in algebra. You can say, oh, my head's splitting, but I'm going to mop this floor. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can mop this entire floor with my headache. I I don't know. I don't know about that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Report back to us on that. What does it mean? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to take a cheerleader to prom. Good luck with that, big boy. What do you think? What do you think this verse means? Do you really think this verse is saying that Jesus is going to make you able to do all the things that you like doing? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there are going to be days in your life when you're going to step into the ring with Mike Tyson and come back out with your ears bitten off. Because that's how life is. And some of you right now are sitting in church after a week when that's how you feel. After a month, after some of you maybe a few years, when you feel like this has been your life. This has been your life. You keep somehow stepping up and stepping into your life, but your, your, ears, keep getting, get, get, your ears keep getting bitten off. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what's Paul saying? What does this verse actually mean? Because I promise you it's true. I promise you that this verse truly is the secret to living. I promise you that you can depend on what this verse says when it says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I promise you that's true. I promise you it's true. But it's more deeply true than you've probably probably thought. What's Paul talking about? If you really want to understand what any verse means, you need to go back to its context and, and go up a verse and down a verse and figure out what Paul is saying in this message. Now, 4.13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, but, but that verse is very connected to all the verses that come before it, so let's back up a little bit. Uh, they've just given him a gift and he's in prison. And and under house arrest, he he needs money to pay rent, and he needs money to buy food. So when Paul says, I know what it is to be well-fed, this is not a well-fed portion of his life. Do you understand that? This is not one of the portions of Paul's life when he's well-fed. When he says, I appreciate your gift, but I really have everything I need, you could argue with that because chances are, when Paul says, I, I know what it is to have an empty belly, chances are his belly's empty. His belly's empty right now. And, and he's in prison. When he says, I, I've had times in my life and I've lived on everything, and times I've had almost nothing, this is one of those almost nothing times of his life. Okay, don't you forget that. When Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, he's writing that from prison. With an empty belly. So, whatever it means, it's got to make sense in prison with an empty belly. Not that I was ever in need, he says, for I have learned, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the the secret of living in every situation. Twice he says that I've learned, I, I have learned. Part of our problem, many of us, is that we don't ever learn anything. We don't learn from our lives, but, but Paul says, I've learned something. Learning is what happens when we do pay attention. Learning is what happens when we live life. We tend to learn by experience. Sometimes we can learn from, from the wisdom of a good teacher, but honestly, life itself can be a very good teacher, and our experience is, is the best teacher. So when Paul says, I've learned, he's giving you the wisdom that that comes from years and years of having really paid attention to God's working in his life. And Paul's been through a whole lot of stuff. And when he says, I've learned, he's telling you something that he's really, he's learned to discern, that that he's learned to connect dots, that, that, that this isn't something that he was born knowing, and it's not even something that makes Perfect sense when you just look at the world. This is something that that Paul's learned from the inside. This isn't something that he heard a preacher say once. He's learned this. So when he says this, he's speaking with the authority of his own experience, the authority of the Holy Spirit that comes from having lived life and, and learned some things along the way. And what he says is, I have learned how to be, say the word, content. I've learned how to be content. So whatever Philippians 4.13 means, it's going to have to go back to what Paul's learned about contentment. It has something to do with when Paul says, I have learned the secret to living. I have learned how to be content in every situation. Understand how it's coming together. Philippians 4.13 has something to do with contentment, whatever the circumstances of your life. Well, now we're going to have to define contentment. It's another word that most of us don't understand very well. We think that contentment probably means something like being stoic, to use a a word your grandparents used to use. Stoic. What does stoic mean? A stoic person is a person who just doesn't show any emotion. They always keep a, a stiff upper lip. A stoic person somehow might go through difficult times, but you wouldn't necessarily know it because they don't let those feelings show, and in some cases, they don't even let the feelings feel. A stoic person has this ability somehow not to pay any attention whatsoever to the pain. A stoic person is a person who can block that out. It's almost as if they can just stay numb to suffering or or numb to the negative aspects of their life. They just keep soldiering on. It's kind of like the, the eastern mystics who can walk across hot coals. How do they do that? They learn to block it out. They learn to block out the sensation of the soles of your feet bursting into flames. They learn to block that out. It's happening but it's not something that registers in, w- within their categories of feeling and sensation. that They block that out. It's like the eastern mystic who can sleep on a bed of nails. You understand? He trains himself not to think about it. And many of us think that contentment must be something like that. We just sort of keep a smile on our face, and we just keep soldiering on through life, and we just learn to block it out. That's not what Paul is talking about. When we say, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, when we say that we can be content in every situation, that doesn't mean that we become numb to the pain of life's situations. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean if you have cancer, you're not going to suffer. It does not mean that if your marriage is falling apart, you're not going to feel the pain of that. It does not mean that if your daughter chooses the wrong way in her life, that it will not break your heart to watch her life collapse. It doesn't mean that. So whatever contentment means, it, it certainly has nothing to do with the people who can just block it out. Because Paul's not blocking anything out. He's not blocking anything out. Understand, contentment is also not just learning to like it. Because sometimes that's what we assume, that that you'll just like it. You'll praise the Lord anyhow. In some way, somehow, you're just going to adjust to this and you'll just learn to like this. Some people assume that contentment is learning to like your situation. And I promise you, that's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying, I've had an empty belly and you know what? I kind of like that. That's not what he's saying. I have been in situations when I was living with nothing, and you know, that was kind of nice. Nothing's good. That's not what he says. He never says that. It is not that you're going to live through painful circumstances, and you're going to like it. What are you, crazy? Of course you're not going to like it. You're going through chemotherapy. You're going to hate being nauseous all the time. You're not going to. To like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You lose your job, you're not going to like losing your car and your home also. You're not going to like that. And contentment is not to say that you're going to like it. Paul doesn't say he likes being empty-bellied. He doesn't say he likes being in prison. He just says, I know the secret to living with an empty belly and from the inside of us." prison. I know the secret to living like that. It's not saying he likes it. It's also not saying that he just settles for it. Contentment doesn't mean that you let certain situations in your life persist just because, you know, what you're supposed to do anyway. I mean, Paul, just a few verses before he said this, has already said that he presses on. He said that in his life in Christ, he's not arrived anywhere. He doesn't consider himself to already have learned everything and reached the goal. He says, I'm still pressing on. I'm still moving forward. So when Paul talks about contentment, he's not talking about just sort of accepting and settling for things the way they are. When Paul talks about contentment, there can still be a tremendous momentum to move forward in your life there can be a tremendous energy to change situations that need to be changed because that's Paul's spirit. When he says, I, I've, I've lived in all kinds of circumstances, he never says it in, in certain circumstances when life turns out really, really low, that you just get used to that and you live that way. Paul says, I press on. I know what Christ has for me, and I won't stop till I reach that. So what's he talking about? I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. To say I can do everything to Christ is, is not to say I can do everything I want to do, but it does mean I can do everything i got to do. I can do whatever I have to do, whatever Christ wants me to do. What, whatever situation I find myself in, I will find myself matched with strength that comes from Christ. It doesn't come from inside of me. You see, in in the Greek philosophies that Paul knew, when people talked about contentment, when the Greek Stoics talked about contentment, they really had something more like self-sufficiency in mind. In other words, what they typically talked about was this sense that if you look deep inside yourself, you'll find what you need inside yourself. You've got everything you need inside yourself, and you just need to learn how to dig deep from inside yourself. And I'm telling you, you can dig as deep as you want to, and there's just nothing in there. The the sufficiency that you crave, it's not down deep in there. You may have something down deep in there, but Maalox would help you. Do you understand? It's not strength. It's not that. It's not what you need. It's not in you. And Paul's not saying that that I'm self-sufficient somehow, that I know how to live because I'm just tough. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that he's strong. He's saying, I know how to live in every situation because Christ gives me strength in every situation. My strength comes from the Lord. It's a a confidence. It's a contentment. No matter what circumstances, no matter how things turn out, Paul has confidence that he's going to have strength to match that. Not from himself, but from the Lord. I I got a son in college. You all know that now. There are... Moments I fear as a dad with a son in college and one of the things I hate is when Wade calls and says dad My car's not acting right. Oh, man. You know now. He's miles away But the fact is I'll just tell you guys cuz y'all know me anyway. It wouldn't matter if he's close It just wouldn't matter. I mean it wouldn't matter if I had the car in front of me I mean I know how to raise the hood and look inside But I don't know anything about cars. I just don't know Anything about I can put gas in it. Uh, I, I can usually get a really nice sound system put in one and I can turn the radio up. But I'm telling you, I don't know anything. When he says, Dad, my, my, my car's acting up, I just say, Well, what's it doing? And that's just a question I ask. It's not going to lead us anywhere. <laughs> I, I don't know where to take it. I, I, I don't know. Warren knows all of this. Warren said, Well, what's it doing? I said, Warren, I don't know what it's doing. It's making a noise. Warren said, Was well, it more of a knock or a pee? Knock or a pain? Uh-uh. I-, I just don't know. I mean, I-, I-, I can't help. But the other day, Wade called. He said, Dad, I'm going to need your help on a New Testament test. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, New Testament. Yeah, well, what are you studying? Gospel of Mark. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You see, um, two situations of need. In, in one, I have confidence, in one, I have contentment because I'm confident that that I have the strength necessary to match that need. So when Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, Paul just has this confidence, this contentment, and and he means it. He means it, that no matter what, I'm going to have to endure. No matter if I step into the next day of my life and both of my ears are bitten off by, by life, I know that I'll be able to stand. I know that I will endure because I know where my strength comes from. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) Do you hear that? I can live through anything. Some of you in trials right now, right now, you just keep telling yourself, the voice in your head says, I can't do it. I can't make it. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I can't do this. I can't do this. You've got to stop that. You've got to stop saying you you, you can't do it. You've got to understand that because of Christ, you can do it. Because of Christ, you are doing it. You are going to find strength that comes from outside yourself, strength that comes from Christ. And this situation is not going to destroy you. This darkness is not going to swallow you up. This is not going to be the end for you. Do you understand? You can do everything. You can live through anything because Christ is there to give you strength. One more verse, one more verse. Let's just skip. Uh, a good preacher would take you verse by verse, but, but go find a good one. Um, verse 19. Verse 19. We just got to hit this verse before we close Philippians. And this same God who takes care of me, and my God, the old King James says, my God will supply all your needs. The same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Man, that. That's the verse to live by right there. That's your verse for your whole life right there. Start at the bottom and work up. These great riches which have been given to us. Your old grammar teacher would be pleased if you could identify the the tense of that verb. These riches, all that I need that God's going to supply. It's going to be given to me when? It's already been given to me. My God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. They've already been given. The, the, the check that you need, the resources that you need to get through this coming week, do you understand? It's already cleared. Those riches, those resources are already yours. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cry. You don't even necessarily have to worry. Do you understand? God is going to supply everything you need. It's already done. It's already paid for. It's already sent to you. My God will supply all your needs. Now, the Greek word there for all, it means all. All your needs. Now, your mother would want me to say that doesn't mean all your wants. My God will supply all your wants. That's not what it says. You don't get everything that you want in life. You don't necessarily get to be a swimsuit model. Do you understand? It's not going to happen for you. It's just not. But God will supply everything you need. Everything you need. According to his glorious riches. According to his glorious riches. Back to my son, we were making plans for Casey's birthday, and I said, Wade, it's your mom's birthday, you need to do something for her. He said, okay, Dad, I, I'll, I'll get her something. I said, well, I'll try to get you some money for that. He said, no, I, I got it. You got it. You no, know, This kid don't work. I got it. You know, I, I get a little anxious. I mean, he's picking up the bill, like with what? You understand? He's got meager resources, meager college student Resources, but, but the scripture promise is that my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches. You understand? These aren't meager resources. It's not that, that we're going to ask God and, and he's going to have to you know, pinch it out for us. I mean, his resources are vast and glorious, and our needs are going to be supplied from the God who has hands very, very large with blessing. I told you the story before about the little boy who went with his mother into a, a corner grocery. Now, this little boy was kind of a wild kid. Y'all don't know any kids like this. He's kind of a wild kid, kind of out there and loud and and never met a stranger. Uh, But in this particular store, there was a jar of lollipops. and, And the store owner, when a little kid would come in, would all say, here, reach in. Take a handful of suckers. Take a big handful. He would let you reach in and get as many suckers as you could get in your hand and walk out. So the kid walks in and the store owner says, here, take a big handful. The little boy goes, like he's shy. Mother's like, whose kid is this? The boy's like, and so like, here, reach in there, take a big handful. Take yourself a big handful. The little boy's like, like he's shy. So finally the sorter says, well, here, kid, reaches in his hand and gives him a big old handful of suckers. Boy walks out, big old handful of suckers. Mother says, what in the world was that? When did you become a shy kid? What was that all about? Why were you afraid to stick your hand in the jar? You're not afraid of nothing. Whose kid are you? What was that about? Little boy said, Mama, his hands are bigger. (laughs) Do you understand? We're talking about a God whose hands are bigger big with blessing, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory already given to us through Christ Jesus. So Paul says, I've learned, I've learned I wasn't born knowing this, it's not something I heard a preacher say, I've learned the secret of living. I have, I have been in situations when when I didn't know how anything would turn out. I've been in situations where I had nothing. I, I just had nothing. And I've been in situations where I had it all. I've been in situations when my body ached and I just wished I could die. And I've been in situations where i felt on top of the world. And I've learned this. I've learned, I've learned how to be content. I've learned how to be confident. I have learned the secret of living, and it is this, I can do everything. I can live through anything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He gives me strength. Pray with me. Lord, there are those in this house this morning who feel on top of the world like they have it all. And there are others of us in this house, Lord, today who are so empty, Lord, we feel like we have nothing left. Lord Jesus, supply all of our needs. Lord, some of us who have it all, we still need to learn the secret of contentment, Lord. When we have everything, we still want more. Teach us contentment, Lord, some of us, Lord, we feel so lost, we feel so frightened, we feel so alone, we feel so desperate, so confused, Lord. Teach us contentment because you're going to make us able, Lord, to stand. This is not going to crush us. This is not going to destroy us. This is not going to defeat us because we have strength that comes from you, O oh Lord. Lord Jesus, pour your strength out upon all of us today. Lord, upon every empty heart, Lord, fill it with your strength, Lord. Every person in this house, Lord, every person in the sound of my voice, Lord, who doesn't really know how to stand anymore, Lord, I pray that you'll make those legs able to stand. Lord, the person so afraid, the person so confused, the one who has no idea how things will turn out, oh, Lord Jesus, give them confidence that comes from you, confidence that no matter what happens, there will be strength to match the circumstances that comes from You, O Christ. Jesus, we need your strength today. We need your strength. We thank you, Lord, that it's already there. It's already ours. Just help us, Lord, to trust that strength, to trust you through every situation of our lives, just to trust and be strong. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus.